This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Isley Brothers, right across the Hudson River, I think, T-Neck, Englewood, Englewood Cliffs, the whole family, and Ernie Isley on the guitar, one of the greatest of all time, but no, big guitar uh, morning here, Leslie West, Freebird, Leonard Skinner. Well, dude, who's that lady who can refer to Mozzie Pillip in uh, Long Island or yeah. Nikki Haley? We'll get to that momentarily, but she's the new Jack, and I say that in a positive way, not a negative way, meaning we really didn't know much about her. Uh, she's an up-and-comer in the Republican ranks, whether she wins this time in the special election against Tom Swazi or not. Tom Swazi is sort of like myself, the veteran. He's been there a long, long time. You either love him, you hate him, uh, but you know him. Right. Uh, so I want to take a moment before we uh, move forward. And again, we're doing our live and local programming, Andrew Giuliani and yours truly, until 12 noon today. And then I'm joined by my wife, Nancy, who normally is heard with me on the Animal Welfare Hour, which will be nationally syndicated in the new year from coast to coast, 10 to 11 on Sunday. But let me take a moment, since you've all been enrolled in the Curtis Lewa Boot Camp, of talk radio, having done this 35 years, I've had highs, I've had lows in talk radio. I kind of figured it out after 35 years. <laughs> so I want to compliment you, Andrew, because it generally, as I've told the owners and operators here, John and Margot and Chad, it takes about a year just to get a little comfort level in the studio, right. a little bit of a comfort level. It took me three years, and I was doing morning drive at that time at the OWABC just to get the timing in my head to where it was like somewhat natural. It takes a while. There's no, nobody jumps in and is good in talk radio right away. I've never heard of it. Uh, many people, they have to go out in the middle of uh, the heartland of America in a two-watt station in the middle of a cornfield that people can only hear within like a 10-mile radius <laughs> and develop their craft. Uh, we've benefited because uh, I was birthed in WABC, you were birthed at WABC, uh, Anthony Weiner, WABC, Dominic Carter, WABC, uh, my wife, Nancy, WABC. I mean, now we are the number one station in the nation during daylight hours and the number one station at night in the globe because of all the technological ways you can listen to this station. So you're, you're, you're like it. You're thrown into the fire. Your baptism is right in the fire because you're on WABC, the most iconic call letters that have ever been created in radio, and it takes a little bit of time. Look, this, is a, this is a legitimate compliment you're paying me. I yeah. thought this was a backhand. I was waiting for it. No, no. I, I waiting I, for the punchline. I scream something. at you and Frank Morano and Dominic and <laughs> Anthony Weiner. I can't scream well, at I my wife. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll no, don't, pay the price don't, for that. Don't do that. You've already gone through four. She's the keeper. She's the one. We've seen Nancy. She's amazing. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to consider that my Christmas gift from Curtis Lee. Well, I just got a compliment. Let's write down the time here. 8, 10 a.m. on uh, the 29th of December. A compliment from Curtis Lee. I appreciate it, Curtis. But, Curtis, I want to come back and compliment you because you've been so open in terms of trying to help me learn the ropes of radio. And like you said, it is very different. You know, I've done a lot of TV ever since I was very little. People remember seeing me on television. And so much of 
the way that I express myself is visual, right? You see me, you see my facial expressions, I speak with my hands, I'm moving my body. If anybody who's been out there and seen me speak, whether it be on the campaign trail or different Republican clubs or different protests or events, you'll see I like to move around. That's how I do it. So all that you have to express on radio obviously has to be through the mic, through your voice, and uh, that's why I've, uh, I'm appreciative to have a Jedi master like yourself showing me the no, ropes. No, no, you and, and, you know, Sunday nights, uh, one hour has been put aside, eight to nine, to develop your skills with me. I think I'm going to suggest the management, Matt, first time. I think uh, nine to ten, uh, we'll have Nancy come in, just talk general issues. I like it. And then animal welfare, obviously, 10 to 11, which is going to be syndicated across the nation, because... We have to build a bench. Yep. Uh, there are many of us that have been doing this a long, long time. Like I said, 25 years, me, 35 years. But it's time for a new generation because if talk radio is going to survive, uh, then it's people of your generation who really got to carry the torch. Mm-hmm. And, it's again, there's not many places you can go and learn this uh, by basically being in front of a microphone and talking to people you don't even know in so many places all over the nation and all over the world. John and Margo have given us that opportunity. Chad Lopez, our parent company, Red Apple Media. So this, especially this week with some of our colleagues away, great training ground. And I just want to compliment them all. I've heard Dominic. He's been outstanding. Anthony's been with me. Some people hate him. Other people love him, but it's a different point of view. My wife, who has surprised a lot of people and mm-hmm. how good she is on a wide range of subjects. And Frank Morano, who um, is now in remedial training with me, Matt Meany, he's, he's back. He was up there in rarefied air. He had an oxygen mask. His ratings were so high. He's come back to normalcy. And so uh, I've had to re-enroll him in the Curtis Lee Talk Radio boot camp. But he, he'll be fine. Yeah. He, he's grown up in talk radio. He's got so much talent. I really do enjoy listening to uh, the other side of Midnight. Yeah, and I want to thank all of you because a lot of your generation, they don't, they don't listen to talk radio. They don't even know what talk radio is. AM radio to them is the time they're supposed to wake up in the morning as opposed to a place where, wow, this is really great stuff. Well, I'm on a little text chain with some of the graduates of high school that I went to, as you noted, out in New Jersey right where, there. Where and is that again? And they're listening. They're well, listening in Bergen County, New near Jersey. Near Montville. They're listening. So you got you got some of the millennials and the hipsters, although we didn't, we weren't really hipsters at our at our school. We were, <laughs> we were kind of the football crew at our and we were the, we were the jocks crew. But the millennials, you've got some of the millennials Good. listening right there. Good, and that's what we have to do. We have to do more of it. we got to build a bench. Uh, knowing the way John and Margot are in terms of what he's thinking, I had a chance to drive home with him last night. I was out of gas. And he said, he looks at me and he said, you look like you can use a ride home. I said, you're damn right. <laughs> I'm out of gas. And he talked about all the things he'd like to do in radio. And all the places he'd like to bring this thing of ours. And he is a man of great vision. He's always thinking ahead of time. I remember recently we had a discussion about a radio station that I actually was interviewed in in Tijuana. Really? Tijuana. This is when we were patrolling the San Ysidro Canyons because Tijuana police were raping and beating up and shooting the illegals coming across because the coyotes would lead them right into the traps. A hundred thousand watt station, all aimed watts. at America. Oh yeah, Wolfman Jack used to broadcast from there. Really, and then he was brought into New York, the Battle of the Titans. Mm-hmm. 
Wolfman Jack, who was originally from Williamsburg, went to Eastern District High School. And Cousin Brucie from Madison High School in Brooklyn. Two Brooklyn boys. Uh, Cousin Brucie was here at WABC six nights a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wolfman Jack, six nights a week. There was no talk. You had to take Sunday off. It was almost like a religious requirement. (laughs) Or they went to one seven. Cousin Brucie won that battle. Uh, Wolfman Jack went back uh, out to that Mexican station. And you know who was recruited over to WNBC at that point? Who's that? Cousin Brucey. Really? They decided, we'll double your salary. Come on over to WNBC. <laughs> That's what you call radio battles. That was tight. Both these guys grew up with radio, and they battled one another. The best man won Cousin Brucey, the greatest DJ of all time. But Wolfman Jack. Great guy from Williamsburg. And that's what we need more of. Yeah. We just need more radio personalities. I have a feeling, too, that in my generation, even the younger generations, as people become more reliant on their cell phones or social media, as you said, you know, a lot of that actually, even though we've talked about how it can bring people together, and there are ways that it can, right? There are ways that it can reunite people that haven't seen each other in decades, old classmates. But in a lot of ways, it's actually isolating people. And I have a feeling that radio in its most intimate form is going to actually see a bit of a renaissance here. And look, it's uh, we're seeing it here at WABC in terms of what John and Margo have invested into WABC. You can see how much it's grown. I saw it on the campaign trail more than anything. People, if I would go on WABC that day, whether it was you, Curtis, whether it was Sid, was with my father, Rudy Giuliani, whoever it was, you'd have people that would come in and say, hey, I heard you on Sid this morning, I liked what you said, or I didn't like what you said about this, but you could tell they're listening. What's the most intimate form of communication? Uh, Recently, almost a month ago, both you and I were invited to a big New York GOP summit at the Empire Steakhouse, which is right around the corner from where we broadcast. And it was all the big mockers of the New York State GOP, including the almost the complete congressional delegation of Republicans. And it was there to introduce us to the Speaker of the House, Johnson, from Louisiana. You know, everyone said, oh, I know Johnson, great guy. Hey, nobody knew Johnson. Come on, let's be honest. But it was a great opportunity to really get to know him. Uh, people... Uh, Uh, When the introductions were made, apparently Ed Cox forgot that I was sitting there and that you were sitting there. They introduced the waiters, the waitresses, the maintenance guy, anybody. And and you you suffered by being sitting next to me. You didn't get introduced. I think I got some of the shrapnel from you. Even though Speaker Johnson got up afterwards and went talking guardian angels that he had grown up with. It's like so ridiculous. But anyway, we saw that there was a woman in the middle there. Uh, African-American woman. We didn't really know her at first until she was introduced to the crowd. Mozzie, yeah. county legislator, Nassau County Republican. And we saw that the Nassau County uh, congressional delegation, very proud of her, the Esposito, the rest. Yeah. And you almost got this sense. You knew at that moment that, that she was going to be the pick. Right. That you she knew. was going to be running against Swazi for the third congressional district uh, that George Santos was kicked out of. But a lot has happened since. A lot. We had no idea that she was a Democrat. She no, was, we didn't. She was introduced as a Republican. Uh, I assume she was a Republican. I'm not that uh, up on Nassau County legislative politics. But she is a Democrat. And when we come back, we got to go through the interview she recently did in which she was discussing her platform Mm -hmm. 
or maybe as she's putting it together on the fly. But it was a very interesting uh, interview. Very, very interesting. We haven't heard any of it here on WABC because it was in uh, the local newspaper there, Newsday. And I want you to relate to everybody because I know you know a lot of Republicans who want to know more about her. I certainly, uh, Republicans have asked me. And to be honest with you, other than knowing she's got a great narrative and a great history, <laughs> let, I really let, don't know much about it. Let, let me urge right now, because I know we have a lot of the Nassau County Republicans listening in right now. Mozzie, Curtis and I will be covering Sid and Friends in the Morning on Monday on the New Year's. This will be a new year. Please come on. We'd love to have an interview with you. We'll be fair. We'll go. Uh, hell, I'll even give you the questions beforehand. We'll give you the questions. Wait, in wait, the next wait. Segment. What do you mean the questions I'll give before? Her the questions. That's television. Yeah, but let's let's see That's if not she can radio. actually answer. No, no, because no. I think I, I got to take you back into the boot camp. She she knows what the questions are. She knows exactly what the questions are, and I want to see if she can answer them. I want to see exactly what we're getting. Well, and I think a lot what, of Republicans next, have those same questions. We know that her consigliere Peter King is listening down in North Carolina. We know that her chairman Chairman Cairo is listening because. Because there's a lot of money at stake here, ladies and gentlemen. Win, lose, or draw. Already, Swazi has a pack from the Congressional Democratic Campaign run by Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, $6 million. And that's just the start to the sprint on February 13th. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Well, 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 what surprise, surprise here. Uh, I'm trying to get a grip on this. I can't. I can't get a grip on this. I don't know what it is. My Spotify head is just not wrapping around this this song. But anyway, while uh, Diego has fun at the board, smiling as you are. Don't be smiling. We're going to be talking about migrants uh, in the next hour. <laughs> we want to check your papers, Diego. 
<laughs> Nobody gets their papers checked anymore. Anyway, I digress. You definitely digress. So, yes. uh, for the edification of our many listeners, there's only one race coming up. The whole country is going to be watching February 13th, the special 3rd Congressional District to replace um, George Santos. Uh, you have Swazi, chosen by the Democratic machine. You have Mazi, the uh, county legislator, chosen by the GOP uh, machine. She has d- done an interview because I've been oblivious to any interviews. So and we were digging for it. I mean, I, I was looking to see positions, where she is, talk to Peter King. We talked on air to Peter King two days ago about this, talked privately with some people, couldn't find anything. Well, when she was introduced, and again, the narrative could not be better, her history. It's not George Santos. It's not made up. It's real. Uh, seven beautiful children. She's married to a Ukrainian Jew that she met in Israel at Haifa University. I, just a wonderful story. Yeah. It is. But after being introduced by Chairman Cairo, she exited, and it was Cairo who answered the questions. And then we see that she actually did give an interview at some point thereafter to Newsday. So can you give us the basics of what she had to say on the issues? Yes. Yeah, so they ended up covering three things, right? The national abortion ban, a potential national abortion ban, uh, assault weapons, and Trump. And look, she went to the center on all three issues here on this. I mean, she said she does not support a national abortion ban, even though she personally is pro-life, as you've pointed out a few times here, Curtis, that there's no doubt about that. No marital contraceptive either. She's beautiful children. Which, look, looking at the polling here, I understand why she ultimately crafted that position, right? I mean, you could see that from a polling perspective, and look, I'm I'm pro-life, but I understand from a polling perspective that it's very difficult to win elections being pro-life as a Republican in New York. That's just the truth. That's not my opinion. That's just looking at the numbers on all this and, and ultimately getting the feedback on all of it as all right, well. So, so check, check, check. So one. yeah, that right. Okay. Federal assault weapons ban. She said she is not in favor of a federal assault weapons ban. So that would also end up breaking the with the Republicans. While she is a supporter of the Second Amendment, she does not support uh, a federal. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no. She does support. Uh, I apologize. She does support a federal assault weapons ban. Actually, sorry, Curtis. Let me just clarify. Yes, let's, up, let's go around. Because remember, let's here. establish. Let me go to the, let me she, go to the quote. She knows about she, guns because she served in the IDF yes. and munitions. And in fact, that was part of her job assignment in the IDF, putting together munitions. So at first she ended up deflecting regarding federal assault Weapons, But then she ended up saying, this is a direct quote, so you can make of it as was, we'll break it down. Law-abiding citizens should have a route to access guns, but not automatic assault weapons. So while she didn't say that she would support a federal assault weapons ban, that's her statement on all this. So you have to say that she probably would support an assault weapons ban based off of that statement. Check that box. Okay. Which, again, that's, you know, she's moving to the center on this stuff here. But... The biggest one for me was her questions about Trump because they asked her, did you support Trump in 2016? Did you support Trump in 2020? And Curtis, you know what her answer was? No. What This is a private choice. This is not something that I have to or should share with you. This is a private decision, which may be true of most citizens and is, but you are now a public figure. 
this this question is fair game, and having a good answer is going to be very important for rallying what needs to be a big coalition here in terms of what Republicans are going to go out there and potentially vote. And I'm still waiting for a real reason as a Republican to say, hey, you know what? This is somebody who I'm willing to go in and put the effort for to get over. The right, story so, is great, Curtis. The story is oh, great. And I understand and it's Peter all King's true. answer it's and all true. that. It's, it's all, all true. true. They've right. done the vetting on it, and it's great. And that and that is wonderful, and it's heartfelt. But you have to wonder, is this somebody who's going to go and look at the lawfare that has been committed against President Trump and his allies, like my father, Rudy Giuliani. So this is very personal to me, Understood. and is going to actually say, and is going to actually right. have the guts the... to go out there and say, this is wrong, this is unconstitutional, we're not going to do this in the United States of America. I want her to take a stand on one of these issues that's going to actually go and get the Trump group in Nassau County to go out there and say, you know what, right. I have a reason to vote for her. George Santos, uh, if nothing more was a super uber Trumper. Well, he was once he started getting in trouble. This is one of the things I think that there's a little revisionist history on. Santos also was a little bit more moderate on all of this stuff until he started getting in trouble and he realized that his corner was going to be the Trump corner right there and he fleed there. And look, but I the think when, year, when he's people, banged the drum hard right, when it. people voted for him mm-hmm. uh, in the red wave led by Lee Zeldin's uh, almost victory against Kathy Hochul, and uh, Long Island swept, became red. Uh, I think people in that third congressional district, which included the North Shore of Suffolk, uh, Nassau County, and part of Queens, Whitestone, they knew he was a Trumper. I think they knew that. He was asked that in the debates by uh, Zimmerman. He wasn't asked about anything else, all of his background. <laughs> they just assumed he was going to lose. And he won unexpectedly by 10 percentage points. So this, I've said is a battle over dollars. Mm-hmm. This is not a battle over who's going to win. I think the presumption is is that Swazi will be elected. It's a safe seat for him. He's been there before for six years. They have now raised $6 million in a pack for Swazi that Hakeem Jeffries has put together, a Democratic congressional pack. She will have her own pack mm-hmm. that will equal that. So by February 13th, both sides will have raised $10 million. Imagine, yeah. $20 million in total. So one wins, one loses. Then the primaries they come up in June. all over again in a couple of months. More millions, and then the general election, along with the presidential election in November. They could end up raising in just this one congressional race, both sides mm-hmm. together, $50 million. Now, you know who benefits from that? The consultants. Yeah. And the Nassau County GOP and the uh, Nassau County Democrats, the state chairman, Jacobs, uh, is uh, managing the campaign. So a lot of money for the consultants. Yeah. It, it, as far as I'm concerned, Santos should have remained. He would have been out. We would have saved it for a general election. This is needless. Hey, Curtis, what I want to know, which I haven't seen anywhere, what is she, what's her stance on the border? What's her stance on our economy and Bidenomics? Like, get this stuff out there. This is stuff that people need to know. I know you're trying to protect her, but at some point, it's you okay. need, to, you need right. to give hey. people a reason to Remember, get out there relax. and actually put yourself relax, alive. Why Central. should I do relax? relax? This is coming up in six weeks. I need to know about this. Relax, I relax. Know when the ball this. drops in Times Square, she might actually end up appearing with us uh, 
January 1st. Nazi, come on. I'll tell you. I know Curtis is going to take me to task for this. I will give you the questions. You can have time to craft this up. Come on with us on Monday here on Sit-In Friends with Curtis, with Andrew Giuliani. We're going to ask you tough questions, but they're going to be fair questions, and they're going to be questions that Nassau County wow, Republicans gonna are to, going to want to I'm know. Have to Mazzy defend, Pella, come on with I'm us on have Monday, to defend please. Chairman Cairo, Peter King, my friend, my enemy, and Mazi. I love Peter King. Versus I love the, guy. the Inquisitor. These questions need to be answered, though. Andrew Giuliani, right here on your place to be. It's live and local radio. First time you probably heard of Mozzie's positions. You're not going to hear them anywhere else. But with WABC, we're not uh, oldie moldy. What was the best stories of 2023? We're here and now. And we'll be so up until 12 noon with Andrew. And then I'm joined by Nancy on the Rip and Read from 12 to 1. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Synonymous with uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, candidate, citizen Donald Trump. It's almost like you hear this song. You think that Donald Trump is going to come out on the stage and speak to uh, an adoring crowd, of which you've uh, been in many of those uh, scenarios, uh, Andrew. uh, Yep. Over both the campaign and when he was president. And now he resumes the trek. On to the general election. He's got to first get through the Republican primaries. But uh, all along the way, people are attempting to say, wait, he shouldn't qualify on our ballot. Maine, the most recent, to say off he goes. Colorado said off he goes, but now put him back on. California is like, no, we're going to keep him on. I got vertical, political vertical from this. Please help me, Andrew, to know what the hell is going on. Well, let's just remind people for the thousandth time, this is a man who is unconvicted. This is a man who is uncharged of this crazy idea of insurrection. The only time that anybody or any group of power, which should have really been in power to do this, basically said that he had committed an insurrection was the January 6th Select Committee in the House, which, mind you, was formed against the rules of the House because at the time you had Speaker Pelosi and you had Minority Leader McCarthy. Speaker Pelosi appointed the majority, took a look and said, okay, who do you want to appoint Kevin McCarthy? He said Jim Jordan. He said James Comer. He said somebody else that's a Trump supporter. He said no. Instead, we're going to give the two Republicans, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, who both vehemently hate Donald Trump. So guess what? 
That committee, which should have never been appointed, said that Trump committed an insurrection, even though Trump never had the opportunity to defend himself, even though some of his best defenders in Congress never had the opportunity to put up a defense. Yet in Colorado and now in Maine, they are basing their decisions to keep President Trump off of the ballot, off of this unselect committee that is unconstitutional, that is against the rules of the House of Representatives, Curtis. Well... Uh, it's all for naught because uh, eventually comes before the United States Supreme Court. Nine justices. I can't imagine them uh, denying the American public an opportunity to make that decision. But I don't think it's going to be nine nothing, Curtis. I think the judge that can't decide what a man or a woman is, I don't see them in any kind of way voting for Trump. Yeah, but still, it's, he- it's going to be uh, overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, I think these are just states now trying to earn brownie points. With their Democratic majorities or whoever it was with internally who was promoting it. Like if you use the biggest state, California, the idea was promoted by the lieutenant governor and the attorney general. But Newsom, the governor said, forget about it. Let's beat them at the ballot box. And now all of a sudden uh, Newsom's word uh, superseded everyone. So I think this is a great chance. It's like roller derby. You get a chance to show, hey. We're going to knock off uh, Trump off the ballot, knowing in the back of their heads full well that the United States Supreme Court is going to say, stop this. Uh, We have a general election coming up. Let the people of the United States determine who the next president of the United States is. What what an amazing concept here in a democracy, allowing the people to decide. And you've heard the left for the last bunch of years, really since Trump was first a candidate for president, and then certainly as through his entire time at presidency, that democracy is at stake, that Trump is killing democracy. He's not the one that's taken these actions. He's not the one that went after a political opponent and tried to remove him from the ballot. He's not the one that had his Justice Department go after Joe Biden continually time and time and time again in a a political hit job while he is the top candidate for president, while he is leading in the polls, that's Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the one who's ultimately going after democracy here. Let's be clear. It's because of that he's so ahead in the polls. Every time time he gets prosecuted. I think it has a lot to do with it. I think it absolutely does because the American people see that their voice is continually being infringed upon. And that infuriates you. And I think it's one of these things where you're seeing more and more people that maybe didn't vote for Trump, maybe don't love Trump, that look and say, wait a second, I may not have voted for him. I may not even vote for him again, but this is not the kind of country that I want to live in. I want my voice to be heard at the ballot box, not through political prosecution. Actually, in talking to a lot of independents Mm -hmm. who are not pro-Trump or not pro-Biden, they tend to make up their minds right before a general election. Uh, My sense is, in having conversations with them, uh, they're not uh, leaning in the direction of Trump now because they see him as a victim of the process. They just see how poorly Joe Biden is doing and the fact that the Democrats are not swapping them out. That Mm -hmm. apparently... If the election is held tomorrow, it's going to be President Joe Biden versus former President Donald Trump. And now they're stuck with really two choices. There'll be some independent candidates, but I really haven't heard independents say, oh, I'm leaning towards Kennedy or anyone else. So I think the basis of the support for Donald Trump beyond the Republican base is the fact that they're comparing what was when Trump was president to what is now. 
and the fact that we're looking at a president. I cannot believe that the that Washington D.C. the brain trust behind Biden would allow him to be in St. Croix, Virgin mm-hmm. Islands, on a beach, looking out into the sun while it seems everything back home and internationally is in a period of chaos. It's sort of like worst optics you can imagine because we know he can't conduct a press conference. Mm -hmm. He's barely able to actually read from the teleprompter. The moment he he leaves the teleprompter and tries to improv, he makes another faux pas. So I think Trump looks better in everybody's eyes. Because Biden looks so bad. Yeah, I think you're absolutely so right. So bad. It's true. And and the fact that Biden just continually uh, – you mentioned the difference before, right? Look at the difference between Trump and Biden. Let's look at Bidenomics versus the Trump economy. The Trump economy, you had the highest rate of African-American and Hispanic employment in the history of the country ever recorded in the history of America. You had the lowest unemployment rate since before man man walked on the moon, since 1968, 1969 here in the United States of America. You had inflation at 1.7 to 2% under Trump. Then it spiked as high as 9% under Biden. Guess what? They're celebrating the fact that it's 3%. It's still almost double what it was under Trump. Look at gas prices. Gas prices were around $2 a gallon at, at one point under President Trump's presidency. Spiked up to 5 Dollars, mattering what state? Seven dollars under Biden. Now it's a, now it's three dollars a gallon. Think uh, about foreign I tell, wars. I tell you Two what. foreign wars under Biden. Um, None under Trump. I mean, we, we can go on and on, Curtis. We yeah, still have I'm, another I'm, three hours. I'm, I'm happy to back, yell for the next three hours right, about but I'm this. I'm thinking back to all the presidents that I've grown up with. Uh, all of them, other than Bush forty three, who was guilty of both pause, but you knew he had control of his mental faculties. He just he was guilty of the slips of the lip. But this guy, when he comes on the stage and he squints out into the camera and he looks old and feeble and like at any moment he's going to fall down and he can't get up. And you say, man, that's not the person we want in charge of the country as we move forward. We know he can't get better mentally and physically. This is we've all grown up with loved ones who've deteriorated in front of us, people we love, people that we hope, oh, maybe tomorrow will be better. We have seen this guy deteriorate every day in front of us. And I think most Americans are like, hey, I don't like Trump, but Trump is 10 times better than this guy because this guy probably won't even be able to talk if he gets elected president of the United States. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Get ready. At the old Waldorf Astoria before the Red Chinese bought it. Remember who would welcome in the new year on radio when radio was king. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you, Andrew Giuliani? Enlighten me, Curtis. Uh, This was the uh, great Canadian group who would uh, entertain the masses and welcome us in. Before there was uh, American Bandstand, before there was Dick Clark, there was the Royal Canadian, I guess not Mounted Police, uh, the band. The Mounties? No, not the Mounties. (laughs) Um, Guy Lombardo. 
Guy Lombardo. Guy Lombardo. Yes. <laughs> and he would do it from the Waldorfer story, which is terrific. right down the block. And it was on radio. That's how you welcomed in the new year before television took and over. And it was $1,000 a night in those days. Yeah. <laughs> was it really? Now, John, maybe you can answer this question. We'll be joined by Rudy in the next hour. First off, how are you feeling with taking your, your pulse every uh, every day? I te- what are you talking about, take my pulse every day? <laughs> I take my pulse six times a day. My oxygen is st- a steady 98, so I feel better. I slept late because uh, the doctors tell you when you're like this, don't wake to an alarm clock. Just wait till your body tells you to wake right. up. Correct. Correct. Uh, so I woke up late. Uh, I feel better. Uh, but let me tell you something. Um, you can't fool around with this stuff. It's, it's you know, if you're 25, you can fool around with this stuff. That's correct. Well, I ran out of gas last well, night. Well, I, I'm glad I took you home. You yep. look like you ran out of gas. I was too. out of gas. I was sitting on the couch, and I couldn't get up. I was like, and John passed by. He goes, this is after the five o'clock roundtable discussion with uh, Rita and his co- uh, his contributors. He goes, "You look like you can use a ride." <laughs> I said, "I could barely get up out of this couch." And thank you for having uh, your driver get me back to uh, Nancy, uh, where I could check up on the cats and prepare for this morning with Andrew. Yeah, but uh, thanks for coming on in today. I sent you that story about. That poor dog being stabbed 17 times. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, before we go into the story here, let me just point out one thing. You somehow are feeling guilty to us that you're in. You're before even the workday starts, and this is a day on a holiday week. I'm guilty. Where, and you still feel guilty about the fact you're in before 9 o'clock, and you're running uh, how many different businesses? Too many. Too many. Too many. Exactly. So, you know, the, the workaholic that is... John Katzmatidis, for all of us to see here at WABC Radio. Now, John, you have to do us a favor. Uh, Later today, a very important press conference about what's going to happen when the ball drops. So many people that flood into the city, they plan the whole year, you know, whether they're from Montreal, Mexico City, all over the world come. They want to watch the ball drop. Anybody born and raised in the city does not want to be in Times Square when the ball drops. We watch on television. (laughs) That's right. It's all tourists. They wear depends because once you're in uh, the police barricade area, they don't let you out. If you have to go to the bathroom, you're stuck there. And this becomes like the talk wherever they go for the next year or wherever they go back to. But the mayor's having a press conference with Jeffrey Madry. I never remember a press conference before New Year's where the police commissioner was not involved. Where is he? I've been asking that question, John. I'm trying to figure that out right now, too, because I defended uh, Eddie Caban. I've known Eddie Caban for a long time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, for it's one of the biggest events of the year, obviously, in New York, and you got to be prepared I with your police commissioner. I go back with Eddie Caban. Yeah. Uh, when I was, he was the precinct commander in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, I was appointed uh, precinct uh, a captain of the day. Yeah. It was an honorary thing. Right. And uh, he was going to drive me around for for uh, for the, the night or right. the day. And the first thing he says to me, this is the safest precinct, uh, uh, Mr. Katsimatidis, uh, and uh, we, we haven't had a murder here in two years. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, he oh, gets no. a phone call. <laughs> the announcer curse. Huh? Oh, no. A murder on 122nd Street. There's projects up to 122nd Street and 3rd Avenue. That happened on your watch, John. That no, happened I'm on my watch. <laughs> oh, 
But you know Eddie Caban well. I've known him. Andrew's known him. He is now the he's police a very decent guy. Right. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's a very good guy. Right, but he's the police commissioner, and of late, nobody has seen him. Uh, there have been a lot of police-related events with, with the Hamas nutniks, you know, uh, demonstration a day uh, with obviously uh, security issues that are taking place. Could you please, you're the only guy who can find out if he's okay. Maybe he's not doing well. Maybe he's got Sid a problem. Sid is not around to text him? No, 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 no. Sid is not around to text him. Sid is, uh, is, is preparing to come back after the first of the year. But we got a number of big issues that affect the gathering in Times Square. Threat of terrorism. We've all felt that with all these migrants coming in, some of them could be operatives of terrorist organizations. Then you got these Hamas crazies every day, John. Yesterday they were in Zuccotti Park. They took over the World Trade Center. They've said they're going to shut down the dropping of the ball at New Year's Eve. They did it in Thanksgiving Day. They stopped the parade. And you, you got to say, they're going to do this every day for as long as this war in Gaza goes on. And the other day, BB said this, this war in Gaza is going on for months. We're going to be there for months. We're going to be pounding Hamas. We're going to be rooting them out. Well, the, the mayor, his, this mayor has to put his foot down. If he's going to save his career, save his legacy, he just has to put his foot down and say enough is enough because he's, he's not going to be able to run for president. He's not, uh, you know, he'd be lucky if uh, he's able to run, rerun for, for, for mayor. Yeah. But he has to make that decision. Enough is enough. Yeah. But wait a second. There it is. I hear it. Guy Lombardo. You know it. I know it. Andrew, is it you New were never Year's exposed yet? No, to no, it. No, not yet. Not yet. Right down the block at the Waldorf Astoria. That, when radio was king. It was at the Waldorf. That's at where it was. A thousand dollars a night. Wow. Yes, oh. 50 years ago. <laughs> Up next, Rudy joins John Katsimatidis, Andrew Giuliani, yours truly, live and local radio, lives here at WABC 24-7-365.